Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher. The lighting is especially bright in here today. It's because of the afterglow of uh, the coronation. Nikola Jokic sweeps the Los Angeles Lakers, goes to the finals. We're going to talk that first. We're going to get into some baseball to bring in Vaughn Belzell and Drew Dinsick. Vaughn, Denver Nuggets are minus 270 to win the NBA title. It's unbelievable saying it out loud. Uh, I still remember this franchise when it was defined by Anthony Carter throwing inbounds passes to Trevor Ariza in the 09 conference finals, but come a long way and now massive favorites. Uh, what did you make of the game last night, Vaughn? And uh, do you think that the Nuggets are justified minus 270 favorites to win it all? Shout out to Anthony Carter. Do not remember who that is. Certainly know who Trevor Ariza is, though. Um, you know, you could tell our age gap there a little bit. But, uh, no, I, I was impressed with the Nuggets this whole series. The Lakers were competitive, too, though. There's probably a game or two the Lakers should have won, including last night's game four being up at halftime. But the Nuggets are a team that consistently, when you're playing at their pace or playing a quicker style of basketball, they could outshoot you. They could work in the post. And Jokic, again, triple Dublin. I think he has, what, six now? in the postseason, which is an NBA record. So, you know, there may be no stop in this team. They may have proved what they uh, – what we doubted them at in some areas. But I still think the Miami Heat are really going to give them a run for their money. And I think the lack of maybe excitement we've seen in the conference finals with two potential sweeps, I think we make up for that in the NBA finals and we see a full six or seven competitive series uh, between these two teams. But – Jokic, obviously, a shorter price to win MVP over the Nuggets to win the finals. I think that's the way you approach it value-wise. I don't know if you gentlemen dis- uh, agree or disagree, but I would probably make Jokic you know, close to 95% likely to win uh, MVP if the Nuggets win. Yep. Yeah. Where are you at? <laughs> yeah, I mean, considering how incredible Jamal Murray was in the Western Conference Finals and that it was basically – it was unanimously Jokic was the yeah. most important player. Uh, I can 100% agree with that. The um, the interesting thing to me about this uh, finals price and you know Nuggets you know Nuggets Nuggets title price and uh, in every way is that it's going to be pretty dynamic by what happens in this Eastern Conference Finals. Like that price is conditional on the Heat basically getting it done now. I think. Um, if the Heat sweep, then you know yeah. the market's going to reasonably upgrade that team, and then maybe minus two seventy, minus two fifty, maybe that's fair. My fair price for uh, a a, um, a Nuggets Heat finals, if the Heat sweep, 
uh, would be about minus 350 for the Nuggets. Now, if this series gets extended uh, and the Heat come through in five, six, or even seven, then I think that that price starts to drift uh, in, because the, the rest gap is going to be enormous. Um, same thing goes with if the Celtics come through here in seven, uh, they're going to, the, you know, the rest difference is going to be so monumental that, uh, you know, Nuggets stealing one, maybe even two in Boston would be uh, a realistic expectation. So I think you have to have the Nuggets as a meaningful title favorite, regardless of what happens in the Eastern Conference. But I think that number, um, you know, can only go, I mean, it can go one of either way, depending on, uh, you know, how the Eastern Conference Finals goes. And the longer the Eastern Conference Finals goes, the Nuggets should drift. But if the Celtics come through, then you're going to see a pretty violent response in that price. So it's going to be really interesting to watch this uh, as we kind of get through the rest of this Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, we covered it in length yesterday. I don't think we're you know, I, I don't think it's as certain that the, the Heat are coming through. Um, but, you know, still, it's this this price to me is, I guess what I would say is, if you want to bet some Nuggets to win the title, you might as well parlay it with the money line for the Heat tonight. <laughs> because yeah. I think otherwise, you're, you probably are going to be able to get a better price at some point in, uh, you know, in, in between now and when we get the, the final, um, you know, matchup. Yeah, let I me think... ask you this, Jay. Let me yeah, sorry, Jay, but I, I want to ask you this opinion because we were we were bantering a little bit the last time we were on here about the depth of the Lakers and the Nuggets, and I was impressed with the amount that Christian Brown uh, was on the court. Uh, of course, Bruce Brown played up, Aaron Gordon, these type of guys. Jeff Green even made some plays here or there. But we've seen the Heat's bench and their undrafted guys in particular absolutely go insane, along with Jimmy Butler. How do you think that plays into that series? You think that lengthens it out because the Heat's bench probably has the advantage against the Nuggets? Yeah, I've been pretty shocked in particular by how playable and good Jeff Green has been in these playoffs. The fact that they closed um, that they closed Game Three with Jeff Green over Aaron Gordon, like I, I would have made that f- fifty to one that <laughs> that was ever going to happen in a playoff game that they go with Jeff Green. So I don't know. I think the Nuggets, like their depth, yeah, it's not great once you get past the seventh guy who's Green now, and, and Bruce Brown's the sixth guy who's who's excellent. And Christian Brown has kind of become a little bit unplayable if he's not taking and, and making threes. But I just don't think it matters because what they've got their seven guys. And to your point about rest, Drew, I think that's mitigated a bit by the fact that every game in the finals, there's a two-day break between all of them except for one. So they're going to get extended rest. So they're probably just going to play, you know, seven-man rotations if they need. I think that rest schedule probably helps Miami, though, just because of, like, Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry's knees and the fact that Butler is going to be able to be full go if if that is the matchup. Uh I agree with you, Vaughn, that I think that the best way to bet the Nuggets is just to bet on Jokic finals MVP, um, which is minus 200. I agree. I think he's about 95, 97% of their MVP equity. Uh, And I think, I mean, I'm kind of sick of doubting the heat at this point. And (laughs) as much as you want to like project matchups and everything, like that stuff gets eradicated pretty quickly after Eric Spolster just starts doing weird stuff. And, you know, Boston, Miami, you would think that, you know, Duncan Robinson would be unplayable because Brown and Tatum are just going to hunt him relentlessly on switches. And meanwhile, Duncan Robinson has been a massive part of this series and is outplaying Malcolm Brogdon. So a lot of this stuff, it just it changes so quickly. And with the heat, I'm kind of loath to back the Nuggets at minus 270 just because they haven't played a team like the Heat yet. This series is going to look a lot different to the past three for the Nuggets. Heat have a lot more shooting. Uh, I think that defensively, that they're a lot different 
than the Lakers as well. But I think the big problem is is that I don't think Bam Adebayo can guard Nikola Jokic in isolation. He's just too small. Bam is like 6'8". Uh, and watching back these Heat Nuggets games, like Jokic just, he just shoots over him and that means Bam has to leap to contest. And if he's leaping to contest, then it starts all the pivots and all the fakes and Jokic was just cooking him. So I think the Heat are going to have a lot of problems if it is the matchup ultimately, but not going to ride off Spolstra. And if you do like the Heat, you're basically taking a leap of faith that Eric Spolstra is going to be able to figure something out, which is kind of a difficult thing to handicap and bet on when you don't actually know what it is, um, but certainly can't write them off. Uh, and I don't think you can write off their current opponent either, the Boston Celtics, who are two-point dogs tonight. The total is 216.5 in Game 4 in Miami. Um, the Celtics look like a broken umbrella of a team. <laughs> But they still, I mean, the market still thinks they're better than the Heat on neutral. I still think they're the better team. Um, if you played out a thousand games, which obviously you don't get to do, you only get to play out, I mean, it might be four games. But Vaughn, do you give the Celtics, uh, what kind of chance do you give the Celtics to win tonight and the series? It's over. It's over for the Celtics. That game three effort was one of the most abysmal you know, conference final efforts I feel like I've seen in quite a long time, one of the most memorable, but it's been a theory. It's been a theme for the Celtics in the third quarter and the second half of these series games, especially this series, particular shooting threes. They've been terrible um, shooting 25 and 26% from the third quarter in the second half from three. It's not going to get it done. Like we said, all these undrafted guys like Gabe Vincent and Max Struess are stepping up and coming to play every single night. But the Celtics to me look like they checked out. And we talked about Joe Mazzola and his coaching and how against the Sixers, it was very questionable in those last three games of the series, especially with his timeouts. I don't think he's really helped his cause by any means against the Heat in this series. And Boston, they've struggled. I mean, they've struggled on the road. They're four and three in the playoffs on the road. And uh, one thing that's been very profitable for me and the postseason at halftime is fading guys who have no shot-making ability and taking their points under or points, rebounds, assists under. A guy like D'Angelo Russell last night for the Lakers, I mean, my goodness, he should not be in the lineup, shouldn't be in the rotation. Uh, And you can spot some guys in a game like this where it's an elimination game that aren't going to play any meaningful minutes in the second half. So I'll be keeping my eye out for that. But I did play the Heat money line. I did switch allegiances. I was on the Heat in game one, went back on the Celtics in game two and game three. I cannot back this team with what I saw. So give me the Heat game four. We're going to see two sweeps. And like I said, NBA Finals will up to the hype. Okay, Drew. Are you, are you wrong, wrong, Drew? Your team like, Celtics. I, know I, mean, I like could tell. I could tell. Well. I, he, all right. Here's, here, here's what I would do. Um, and Joe Mazzola, if you're listening, and I know you do listen to the pod, here's, here's your starting lineup tonight, okay? It's smart. Brogdon, Brown, Tatum, and Rob Williams. And he's never going to yeah, do yeah. this, but that is the lineup that I would go down with because Derek White cannot guard Jimmy Butler, and Butler hunts him relentlessly. Horford can't guard Bam, which I don't really understand given how good he was against Embiid, but Bam's quickness yeah. is just absolutely cooking him, and he can't make a shot either. The only time the Celtics have really looked good in this series was the second quarter of Game 1, where it was the Rob Williams uh, and four shooters lineup, and they just looked like they were going to run the heat off the court. And so I think that's their best lineup. I think they need to lean more into that. They need to lean more into Brogdon over White. They need to lean more into Rob Williams. And Jalen Brown just has to wake up uh, because I, I think that if they just get this one, all of a sudden, as we were talking about yesterday, this is going to be a series again. He'd probably still win it, but it's going to be a serious series. And the Celtics 
needing to win two out of three at home. They're very live. But what do you think about the game tonight, Drew? Oh, I like your lineup a lot. Yeah. I don't know what in the world this has been. You know, the Celtics have been so resistant to trying this. Uh, it's the the proof is in the pudding. Uh, and honestly, the game three effort. I feel you know, we're, we're, you know it's. It's going to be pretty clear, I feel like, early on here if the Celtics have any kind of heart or spirit or fight in this one. And my bet is they do. Uh, but, uh, you know, some of that is predicated on game six on the road. They could have quit against the Sixers and, you know, the, the, they would have had, uh, you know, that, you know, excuses galore. Hey, they're brought up against the MVP. You know, we're not feeling, you know, what, what, you know, they would have been more on the road. Lots, lots of excuses, but they didn't make excuses. They, uh, you know, they played extremely hard. Tatum never quit, even though he had three quarters of absolutely miserable basketball. And for whatever it's worth, the Celtics have played some of their best basketball with their backs against the wall. Um, so I, I'm not ready to quit on them just yet. Um, that said, I think this is still a coin flippy type of game. I don't mind having a plus money side here uh, with the Celtics in game four. I don't mind betting Celtics team total over because I think as, um, you know, as Jay kind of broke down, they have to find ways to just have shooters on the floor uh, at this point. And, you know, the, you know, the best possible outcome for them is, uh, you know, they, you know, at a minimum, they're getting, uh, you know, a friendly whistle. They're getting uh, to the rim and to the free throw line pretty aggressively. And then their shooters are making shots. And this is, you know, they can get into the 110, 120 point range, which is what they apparently need to do to beat this heat team. Um, mm-hmm. So I think over is a bet. I think Celtics uh, money line is a bet. I think Celtics team total over is a bet. Um, but I'm pretty small staked on all of those because uh, Jay talked me into the Celtics series price <laughs> yesterday. So that's kind of where most no. of my, uh, that's mostly where my uh, loyalties lie now. Yeah. Oh, no. This is a painful team to, to ride with, but I'm there too. I think Boston win tonight. Uh, I think nah, it's the end of Jalen Brown. End of his era here. Two for 20 from three. He, he doesn't want to be out there with this team anymore. Uh, yeah, that's my I, opinion. It's what okay. I would come back to is that there's this idea that the Celtics are fragile. Like if the Celtics were a soft, fragile team, then they wouldn't have won game six in Philadelphia. They wouldn't have won game six in Milwaukee last year, down 3-2 after blowing game five in the worst possible fashion in Boston. They wouldn't have won game seven in Miami last season with Jason Tatum taking over in the fourth quarter withstanding a hit avalanche to start that quarter. So I think this team has metal. I think that there are just some specific things that have kind of broken them in this series. I think they let go of the rope when the Heat yeah. just started making every shot, and that's not good. Like, that's a sign of uh, mental weakness if you let go of the rope because the team is making every shot. But uh, I think they will show up tonight, and I think they will win, and then they'll probably lose game five or six. Uh, <laughs> I, I think they will win tonight. But I mean, that, that was actually the, kind of the brilliance of taking the series price in addition to betting them tonight, which is that you can come back on and take the points with the Heat in game five and feel pretty fine, you know, feel fine about it. It's going to be an eight, eight nine-point spread. Uh, and you know, there's plenty of middle there. Uh, so yeah, I think realistically it's, uh, the Eastern conference finals and maybe I'm just delusional because I don't want the conference finals to be over and literally sit around and twiddle my thumbs for for eight, nine days, whatever it is. Um, but uh, it's good for now, (laughs) those series may be over pretty quickly too. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's good for, there'll be good tennis on over in uh, Roland Garros. Um, but no, I think realistically this is. The, this Celtics team going out, I I get I just I give them a pass for Game Three. 
I don't care uh, that they let go of the rope. It wasn't an elimination game, and they were they weren't winning that game. They knew it. They were better off saving their bullets, getting their guys a little bit extra rest here. Like pretty clearly, I think the game one they were impacted by the quick turnaround from game seven, uh, and then game two they really should have won, but they you know completely lose their minds in the fourth quarter, uh, and then game three they were outplayed uh, and they knew it and they gave up in the third quarter, but they're saving their bolts for game four. It's just, it ain't it isn't over till it's over. Uh, and I, I think the Celtics realistically can uh, can make this series go a little bit longer. Yep. Feels like hitting six, but we will see. <laughs> all right. Remind us to download the Roto World app to receive breaking play and news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, play and news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Okay, baseball. We haven't talked much baseball lately. Uh, I'm going to talk some division markets and then a couple of awards markets. You're going to start with my favorite division, the AL East, where uh, Tampa are huge, well, relatively huge, minus 186 favorites. The New York Yankees, who are starting to surge behind a guy that we will talk about, Mr. Judge, mm-hmm. uh, plus 425. The Blue Jays, kind of a blast season from them. They've kind of uh, letting go of the rope a little bit at the moment. <laughs> And the Orioles are uh, the interesting dark horse at 10 to 1, and then the Red Sox 20 to 1, who are not completely done, but it would be quite They're surprising. Uh, Vaughn, who do you like in this market? Yeah, the, uh, the Orioles are definitely the dark horse here. They've been primarily outstanding in game ones this season of series openers. They're, uh, I believe, 15 and 1 or 16 and 1 on the money line in game ones of series this year. So that's really been their bread and butter. They're taking on the Yankees tonight, but. The Yankees have been hot, 11-3 and three over the last 14 games. Uh, basically, with Aaron Judge, they're 9-3 and three with him in the lineup this, this month. So they've been hot, and that's why their value has kind of gotten a lot shorter here. I can only justify betting on the Rays, Yankees, or Orioles. Like I said, the Blue Jays, I agree. They've been letting it slide here, and they're not really getting the pitching nor hitting that they need to win games. But Tampa Bay's a team, I mean, they won 10 their first 12 series. Uh, they may have lost three of their last four, but they've yet to lose three games straight all season. And the pitching staff is arguably the best in all of baseball. Top three in ERA, WHIP, OBA, a lot of categories. So uh, anytime you're getting the Rays, I think under 200, that's a really good bet. But I would not talk anyone off taking the Yankees or their Orioles for a smaller price. What say you? 
Yeah, I gotta I gotta go Oppo because I feel like the Rays are about to call us up, Vaughn. Uh, oh, yeah. a couple a couple more elbow injuries on this Rays pitching staff, and it's gonna be they're gonna be down to the uh, single A club. And I know Glass now is coming back up. He's you know his rehab has looked good apparently in Durham, and uh, you know he'll he, he could be the kind of um you know effective ace going down coming down uh, to a title stretch here. But uh, at, anything in the minus two hundred is a bet against for me with the Rays just based on. Uh, the health of that uh, you know starting pitching unit and something about the way that they're coaching these guys and the you know the way that they're pitching them is not working from a health standpoint and if the Tampa Bay Rays I would be more surprised if they have no further injuries on their pitching staff for the rest of the season than if one or two more guys go on the uh, extended list yeah I think also the thing with the Rays that is very difficult to price in and all the publicly available models don't really price this in is that they are a lot less likely than other teams in this division to make an upgrade at the deadline that takes on money just because they don't they don't have that payroll. Like if the That's Yankees true. the Yankees will likely make a push at the deadline if they're close and they'll upgrade. And so I think there's more scope for the other teams in the division getting better. And the Rays now, yeah, they've lost um, Springs, they've lost Rasmussen, they've they're dealing with injuries. They're okay at the moment, but they're like one in, one more injury away from being in real trouble. And the guy to watch, and we're not going to go in depth on this market, but uh, American League Rookie of the Year, Taj Bradley, he would be the guy of probably any awards market who I would be paying the most attention to because he's like 25 to 1 to win uh, AL Roy. And he is like, they need him now because of all these injuries. And he's up with the big leagues and he's got incredible stuff. He's an elite prospect. His stats have been good so far. And I think the division price is certainly correlated with, with his performance. Uh, and so he's a guy where if he has another elite start, then uh, you best jump on that price. Uh, the AL West, the Astros are minus 140 favorites, which I don't entirely agree with. Uh, the Rangers are plus 250. The uh, perpetually infuriating Los Angeles Angels are plus 600. And then the Mariners, who've been very disappointing, are plus 700. And then the Oakland Athletics, um, yeah, you can have whatever price you want. Vaughn, <laughs> uh, who do you like in this market? When you said you don't agree with the Astros prices because you think it should be closer to minus 200 or closer to plus 100? I think it should be closer to plus 100 just because they have also got a lot of pitching injuries and yeah. their rotation gets pretty thin after three. So I think that price is a little bit too generous to Houston. They should still be the favorite, but I think that Texas might be the play. But what do you think, Vaughn? Texas, yeah. Well, the problem, because I looked at deep in depth into this, and I've been watching the Rangers. I watched them up and close yesterday against my Buccos, the Pirates. But it's hard for me to justify thinking the Rangers are going to keep up this pace of play, although they've been a team of surprise, I would say, especially in this division. But looking at the strength of schedules, which is correlated on the current records now in baseball, but Texas plays the eighth toughest strength of schedule the rest of the season, where Houston plays the seventh easiest. Um, so that was something I looked at that definitely made me like the Ashes a lot more because, you know, once we get closer to October, that team continually starts to play better. Um, but, yeah, Gar- Garcia being out, Yerkwitty being out, McCallers, they'll get two of those three back this year, but they're another team top five in ERA, strikeouts, OBA, uh, after losing Verlander. So, it's, I do like the Astros. They haven't let me down, to be honest with you. Three of the last four years, they've won the pennant and won the AL West. Uh, so they continually, you know, back my pockets. But uh, I'd probably be more inclined to maybe take a shot on the Angels or the Mariners over the Rangers. Uh, do you have any opinion, Drew? I think these prices are going to flip. 
uh the rangers run differential s- says something is insanity <laughs> yeah maybe it screams they've underperformed <laughs> even at the top of the standings right now um so realistically them kind of finding their way into some lucky wins and or continuing to perform at this level uh, they're gonna maybe create some space uh, i think if you want a market entry point on the astros you're targeting the trade deadline because they are a team that is willing to uh go out there and add a bat add, a, add an arm uh, right at the deadline. So I think realistically you wait for the all-star break uh, to back the Astros because I think these prices could flip. Yeah, I think the encouraging thing for the Rangers as well is that Corey Seager has been hurt, DeGrom has been hurt, and they've still got this run differential. They've still got the division lead. And I don't really, I mean, I didn't find the Rangers particularly inspiring coming into the season, but, you know, the fact that they're getting this performance out of Nathan Uvalde, who's pitching at a Cy Young level. DeGrom mm-hmm. is going to come back. Uh, Seager's back now. Uh, I don't think minus 140 on the Astros is egregious or anything. I, th- I think it's probably say that yeah. you know, I would probably like it to be a little bit more generous to back it, but um, I think that the Rangers are probably the play and they're, they're the one to monitor uh, each night. Uh, let's go to now the NL Central where the Brewers are minus 136 favorites, but the Cardinals... After a disastrous start, are starting to come good. They've had a couple of losses lately, but they are plus 240. Uh, The Cubs, 7 to 1, and then the Pittsburgh Pirates. Fawns, Pittsburgh Pirates at plus 900, and then the Cincinnati Reds. Not quite in an Oakland athletic situation, but pretty much right your own ticket. On the Reds, uh, any interest in the Pirates, Fawn, at plus 900? Definitely disrespectful of the Cubs have better odds than the, the Buccos right now. In my opinion, uh, the Pirates, you know, they went on that massive losing streak, but they played some tremendous teams like the Blue Jays and Rays during that span. But, uh, you know, the Pirates are definitely going to be a team that's around 500. It might be a little better than it. Um, you could probably get a good good win total number in the futures market, but I wouldn't be willing to back the Pirates with confident money here. I did sprinkle lunch money on the Buccos, but – uh, nothing confident. I think the best play here, and I'm not going with a favorite now for the first time in the show. I'm going with the Cardinals. Um, I do agree, Jay. This team is really heating up. You know, they're 21 and 28 on the season, seven games under 500, and they're 11 and four in their last 15. Uh, you know, only five games back. But you look at who they're going to play over the next 10 series and 28 games. It is a team worth backing. They got the Reds twice. They have the Royals, the Pirates, uh, Rangers, Giants, Nationals, Cubs. Uh, in the Mets. So a lot of those series, they're going to be winning those. And when you look at the strength of schedule, fourth easiest in all of baseball remaining. They got a lot of those hard games out the way already, some of those tough series. And their offense is what you want. Top 10 across the board and pretty much everything, slug, OPS, batting average, home runs. Uh, it's just the pitching staff that needs to come around. And over the last 15 days, they have, and that's why they've been winning games. So I think this market – uh, is going to change pretty soon, how you guys feel about the other two we just talked about. I feel like the Cardinals are going to be the favorites here pretty shortly. And I said at the beginning of the season, the Brewers are going to have periods where they're the favorites, but they're not going to be bet on. I don't think they're a team that's going to win this division. Uh, they're going to struggle to get the play in the wild card. But I like the Cardinals. I think it's their division. and They're seven games under 500. So hot take maybe. <laughs> I have a decent play on Cardinals uh, win total over, which would be, uh, which would be pretty miraculous considering how they started. I think it was eighty nine and a half, um, but uh, ultimately the prices I do think flip. Uh, run differentials telling you that the Brewers are not very good, and yet here they are three three games over five hundred, um, and then you know Cardinals of course led anchored by MVP Paul Goldschmidt. 
uh, just an incredible human, uh, incredible offensive machine. <laughs> I'm giving Jay a hard time. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Cardinals at plus 240 is, is, I mean, realistically, whoever finishes over 500 wins this division. Cardinals could win the yeah. NL Central with 81, 82 wins, which is unbelievable. But that's where we are. And I think realistically, plus 240 is uh, pretty, pretty uh, advantageous price. Do you get why this price is uh, that 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 uh, favorable, Jay? Yeah, I mean, it's just because of the banked losses at this point, uh, and the fact that the Brewers do have you know a somewhat material lead, but and the Cardinals pitching has been terrible, and I don't like it's going to get better, but still, there's not a lot of talent on that staff in terms of lead and talent. At the same time, though, this offense is just so incredibly loaded. Like Paul Goldschmidt's underlying numbers are better than last year when uh, he had a great humanitarian MVP season. Uh, and then you look at other guys on the team. Arenado was dreadful to start the year. He is now heating up. He's been fantastic lately. Yeah. Nolan Gorman Nolan is Gorman. playing like an MVP at the moment, which I think is going to cool off, but he's been insane. And then I think the big sneaky one is Paul DeYoung, who looked like he was headed out of the majors uh, not too long ago. <laughs> he's playing like an MVP yeah. as well. So they've got like four guys playing like MVPs on offense at the same time. And that doesn't even mention um, Wilson Contreras, who's got a lot of weird stuff happening. Um, but I just think that the talent on the Cardinals, that, it, that I agree, it makes them the bet at plus 240. I also wouldn't entirely write off the Pirates yet because I think they have talent on that offense. They have upside. Pitching's not great. Pitching's, it's been good, though, at points. Like they had one point up until I think a week ago, they were leading the league in quality starts for the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty insane, the Pittsburgh Pirates of all teams. Uh, but, you know, I agree with you. I think that the pitching will be the downfall. But offensively, mm-hmm. they can hang in there. I, I wouldn't, yeah. I have, when I place this plus 700 ticket on the Pirates, the Cardinals are plus 1,000, 1, 10 to 1. Uh, yeah. So that's how far the Cardinals have come the past two, three weeks. Yeah. Plus Rich yeah. Hill is only 43. He's still got 10 more good years <laughs> left. So why not? Yeah, guys still struggling to pick up ground balls, but yeah. It's uh, it's a weird sentence to say, but the Pirates really missed Vince Velasquez um, because he was pitching really well <laughs> for them, and he kind of changed his pitch mix and what he was doing. But um, but yeah, I think the Pirates are one to watch. I wouldn't completely dismiss them. All right, before we get to some awards, just a reminder: Sunday morning means MLB leadoff. Watch exclusive live games all season long on Peacock. This week featuring a powerhouse matchup as the Dodgers take on the MLB leading Rays in Tampa Bay. That is a good matchup. Coverage begins at 11 a.m. Eastern this Sunday. Great game to check out on Peacock. All right, NL Cy Young. This market is a mess. I think of all the markets, (laughs) it's AL Roy and NL Cy Young that are just absolute messes. Zach Gallen is the favorite at plus 225. He got lit up his last start. Uh, Spencer Strider also got lit up his last start. He's plus 225. Clayton Kershaw hasn't pitched well in three weeks, and he's 11 to 1. So he hasn't, he hasn't tanked his numbers quite enough to you know withdraw from the race, but he hasn't been pitching well lately. Uh, Vaughn's man, Mitch Keller, is fourth favorite for Cy Young at 16 to 1. He's been pitching great. Zach Wheeler got lit up last night, 25 to 1. Urias, no interest. Uh, and then you go on and on. There's not much there that's inspiring. <laughs> but anything inspiring to you, Vaughn? Yeah, I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the season. And I said that my best bet for a long shot or a half a unit play would be Spencer Strider at 9 to 1. And I see no reason really to, to go off of him right now. I know Zach Gallen, like you said, they're co favorites, but Gallen's going to have to outperform. 
his 2.54 ERA from last year. He's currently at a 2.95. Arizona's one and a half games back of the Dodgers, who, you know, obviously aren't quite the Dodgers of the last two, three, four years. So I don't really see as much enticing factors to bet Zach Gallon's prices. I think the Diamondbacks, a team I back their win total over with great confidence, I don't think they're going to win the NL West or make a whole lot of noise. So Spencer Strider leading the league in strikeouts, third in the league in OBA, uh, ninth when it comes to ERA in the NL. I mean, this guy has done everything he's really been asked of. And, you know, his strikeout prop tonight against the Dodgers, eight and a half uh, after getting lit up in the last start, like you said. So uh, they have confidence he will bounce back. But I think he's really the only guy in this market you could probably bet on with confidence. I mean, Mitch Keller being the fourth favorite. I mean, what the heck? Like, what are we doing here? So it's definitely Strider or pass. <laughs> what do you like, Drew? Anyone's jump out in this market of uninspiring names? I'll <laughs> yeah. give you one. I'll I got, I got one. one. I, I want to say it first. I bet you no, we're you thinking the same guy. No, probably. I don't think so. You go first. <laughs> Atlanta Braves, Bryce Elder, 80 to 1. No, I wasn't thinking about Am I crazy? He's really good. I picked him up in fantasy last week. So. He's great. He's uh, currently top three in war for pitchers. Uh, the Braves are going to be by default, be kind of the team people go to. Well, well I, I don't know who, who who's done well this year. Braves. Okay. Uh, who's their best pitcher? Elder. Okay. He gets my vote. Like, I feel like that's is the kind of situation we're in because there's no one that's really standing out. Um, you know, I think I kind of, I, I kind of can't believe the current war leaderboard <laughs> for pitchers. Yeah. Justin Steele. Your uh, your leader. I get. I give anybody five bucks. They tell me what team Justin Steele plays for. Oh, it's the Cubs, baby. He plays the Cubs. Okay. Point taken though. Yeah. This is this is the market to look for guys down the board because Gallant, like Strider, he should be the favorite. I think, and Gallant should be the second favorite. But they are extremely vulnerable, and this pitching it blows up so quickly. So two names that I'll give out to people. Uh, one guy isn't even on the board that I'm looking at here. Uh, Logan <laughs> Webb. Logan Webb, who's pitched really well for the Giants. Uh, he's got a little back thing at the moment, but it looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, you can get him, I think, north of 70 to 1 if he's not even listed here. And then Alex Cobb has a 1.94 ERA and yeah. coming up two seasons with a sub-3 FIP. He's 65 to 1. Like, in this field, those guys can't be that long. And you might think, like, oh, Alex Cobb's not winning Cy Young. Uh, Logan Webb's not winning Cy Young. Well, you can say the thing about like Robbie Ray or Rick Porcello or R.A. Dickey. Like random guys win Cy Young. Just have one really good season. So yeah. I think those are worth I can get you 55 to 1 on Logan Webb. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not crazy. Uh, and I can get you 65 to 1 on Alex Cobb. That's also yeah. not crazy. I, I, realistically, I, like I, I, I pick five guys in the 50 to one plus range and just hold some lotto tickets this season. And honestly, right now is the time you want to be shopping for this end of May. Like, you know, the prices are a little in, you know, a little um, tilted by the results we've gotten in hand, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think now's the time to shop for the long shots. Agreed. All right. Last mark before we close out AL MVP, uh, much ballyhooed market last year where it was Otani V judge. Looks like it might be Otani v. Judge again. Shohei is minus 125. Aaron Judge is plus 800. I think the market begins. doesn't end with these two, but it's kind of trending towards potentially ending with these two again. I think Aaron Judge is a bet at plus 800. You can go, if you shop around, you can get 12 to 1 on Judge. I think he should be more like plus 600 uh, because he's underachieving his expected numbers at the moment and his numbers are amazing as is. Uh, But what do you think, Vaughn? What do you make of this market? Yeah, I'm with you. I know there's a lot of markets out there that have Otani versus the field. 
Uh, it's essentially you're in the field for plus 100, but I think Aaron Judge right now is a clear second best bet. We were talking about him a little bit earlier, but the Yankees are 9-3 with him coming back in May now. I mean, he's been outstanding, hitting 378, seven homers, 13 runs scored, and 18 RBIs over 12 games. Uh, so he's been outstanding, and he's been the hottest bet, I think, to make in this market. You know, I preached about Vlad Guerrero beginning the season. Not there. He's not spraying the bleachers like we thought he would. And uh, the guy that I actually like for a lunch money bet, since you guys are giving out crazy bets, uh, my $10 bet is Yandy Diaz of the Rays at 35 to 1. Um, Lean the AL in batting average, OPB, top three in slug OPS, home runs, uh, best record in the league. And uh, he's been consistent both months 326 batting average, 328 this month. So uh, that's my only lunch money shot. But I agree. I think it's the field here. Uh, and I would take Aaron Judge or Yandy Diaz. Yep. Who do you like, Trevor? Uh, I'm going to take the money I would bet into this market and just get more uh, Ronald Acuna because <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know who is winning American League MVP. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, that Aaron Judge 8-1 is not a bad bet. Uh, Yandy Diaz a 25. Oh, wow. Would you say, th- what is he, 35? 35 to 1. 35, that's not a bad bet. Um, but uh, realistically, uh, you know, this is whoever like really pops in july and august is probably going to win this one and we have no idea who that is so where, where are you at right now in the al mvp jay yeah i think judge eight to one i agree with vaughn yandy diaz i think he should be the fourth favorite in the market behind shohei judge Wanda franco would have yandy fourth at this point he's been out of his mind he's adjusted his launch angle he always hit the ball hard now he's hitting it in the air and uh he's been insane and the thing to remember about this market Shohei Otani is a free agent at the end of the season and if the Angels are out of contention by the end of July he might get traded and the prime candidates to trade for him a lot of them are in the National League and if you are in the National League you're not going to win AL MVP someone like the Dodgers or the Giants or the Mets trade for Shohei so what's your probability he gets traded like probably like 10 to 15 but that's still enough to kind of, the market's not accounting for that at all. He's also the biggest injury risk of all time for an MVP candidate just because he's a pitcher. So I think between those two, you have to look elsewhere other than Shohei, even though he is rightfully the clear favorite. And I think Judge and Yandy are the best places for He also pitched in the World Baseball Classic, so. He also hasn't pitched great this year. His underlying stuff isn't- Red flags all over. Strikeout showcase. Yep, so something to monitor. All right, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to Drew Dinsick, Vaughn Dalzell from Jay Croucher. Go Celtics. Celtics in seven. We'll see you tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms. 
then blended to perfection and cold pressed to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois.